0: Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today on the She's Invincible podcast. We have another amazing guest for you today. We have Rochelle Brooks. She is a partner and the COO of the Aesthetics and Wellness Center, Balanced Aesthetics, MedSpa. She has an innate talent in building and operating successful businesses, but her passion is in optimizing a person's wellness and aesthetics journeys to give them more confidence and a better life. Welcome, Rochelle. It is so great to have you here today on the She's Invincible podcast.
1: Hi, Cami, Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Oh, me too, girl. What gals don't want to talk about med spas? (laughs) This is like a girl's dream right here. Prepare yourself for all the goodness that's coming right now. So let's do this. Let's not make them wait. Let's tell our listeners, how did you get where you are today and
1: what makes you invincible? Absolutely. So, um, In undergrad, I actually, uh, I majored in communications, but then concentrated in journalism. And I worked for a local magazine um, my last year in college, and then also um, directly after college, just at a freelance capacity. Um, And one of the things that they teach you in journalism, first and foremost, is to find your lead, right? So that's your who, what, when, and where. Um, And in order to do that, you really have to shift through all of the um, noise in order to find the actual story behind. And I think that that applies in every area of your life. Um, And so I went into that notion um, or, or held that notion when I went into the spa inder- industry actually um, coordinated right out of undergrad for a local spa, and then um, went on to coordinate at another local spa. And what I found was that um, there was always a lot of busyness going on, um, not only within the business itself, itself, but also with the clients that came in. And one of my mentors, um, this is probably my first mentor to date, she was a young female owner, um, about 30, 31 years old at the time. And she just ran this very streamlined, beautiful business with the best environment, um, a happy team that worked for her, um, worked with her, and then all of her clients just had the utmost respect for her. And I really um, admired her and respected her. So I thankfully was wise enough at that young age of 22, 23 to uh, realize that everything I learned in journalism school, she lived that. She got past all of the noise. She kept the true why behind um, her business and her passion for her business. And so I just learned everything I could from her. Um, I basically shadowed her for two years um, before moving on to um, grad school, where I knew that it it only took me about a year, honestly, to know that I wanted to go back to school and learn more about the business aspect. Um, And so she's the one who drove me to do that. At the same time, she is the one who made me the most fearful because I felt how am I ever going to live up to, um, you know, the standard of life that she sets for herself and then also for her clients. Um, but yeah, so I went on to business school after coordinating for that spa and, um, got my MBA and HA. And then from there, I actually went into, um, medical sales um and you know sales was sales was great um it was something that was lucrative so i love that aspect about it Um, but what it taught me the most in my journey to where i am today is really how to relate to people um, and how to customize um what i had from a business standpoint to what their needs were rather than selling products or selling services, I learned to sell what they needed and to show them what they needed from our product list or our service list. Um, so the culmination of all of that together is what led me into the wellness and aesthetics industry. Um, and so we started our med spa and our wellness center, myself and my two partners, Dr. Dodato and Elliot, um, we started it. God, we opened our doors September of last year, so not even a year. It feels like it's been 20 years, <laughs> the amount of work we've put into a year, but uh, yeah, so we started it last September, and we are quickly approaching our one-year anniversary, um, so cause for a lot of celebration there.
0: Yes. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah. And Yeah, we're going to talk about more about opening a business in a pandemic for sure. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, So, (laughs) but tell everyone
1: what makes you invincible. Absolutely. I think my accountability. Um, So this is one thing that um, I struggled with for many, many years. And it was really doing the self-awareness work that I needed to do to have a self-realization that. Mental illness, which is something that I hid and I bottled up for many years. I never admitted um, that I was diagnosed with uh, manic depress- depressive disorder, anxiety, and bipolar um, disorder when I was 15 years old. So um, that's something that I I worked my entire life up until a few years ago to hide. Um, and I tried to map that with strengths and with more education and with, uh, what I thought success was. Um, and I found that when I came most successful was when I was able to take accountability of all aspects of Rochelle, not just the educated, um, aspect, not just the sales aspect, business aspect, um emotional aspects but then also of you know all of the not so great aspects um you know the highs and the lows of depression and bipolar disorder um the heightened anxiety and constant worry um from having anxiety and i really embrace those and i learned to sit with those feelings and be aware of them. And then at that point only was I able to really excel. And it's funny because, you know, you attract what you put out into the world, right? All of these energies. And so I was attracting before um, people that had not done the self-growth, just like I had not done the self-growth. So where they may have been gurus and a certain expertise, were um, great at business, um, there was always something that was missing, always a disconnect. And as soon as I started really doing some self-searching and exploration for myself, that's when I really started. I mean, people were coming out of the woodworks um, that I had met only a few times or that I um, I worked with just the most random ways would call me up or send me a text or shoot me an email. Um, And it was the most amazing process because it's what you've always heard. You attract what you put out there, but you don't really believe it until you're ready to accept that if you don't love what you're attracting into your life right now or what is right in front of you, you are the reason that that is right in front of you. And so I think accountability is what makes me invincible because that is what is going to help me persevere and continue to grow um, without hitting a wall per se.
0: Oh my gosh. I couldn't agree more with every single word you just said. Oh my, I can't even wait to listen to the replay. That was so powerful. Oh my gosh. To our listeners, if you suffer from any of the things that Rochelle has already mentioned, prepare yourself, grab your notebook because she is about to give you all of the real deal right here. Oh my gosh. And Mm -hmm. you know, I can't help but say to you that you give such hope to women who suffered and still suffer from these different things in their lives, uh, whether it's mental illness or, you know, whatever it is that you can have that, but that does not have to define you that you overcome these things and you can be the most successful that you've ever dreamed of. Right. And it doesn't have to hold you back. And I love what you said about accountability. I think too many times people stay stuck in those places because they don't want to face it. But, like you said, it wasn't until you actually faced it that mm-hmm. all of the things that you were always trying to accomplish came to you easily. Right. And that is like, talk about knocking down the walls, right? Mm-hmm. You know? What, what are the walls? I mean, this is such a good conversation about what are the walls that stand between you and your dream, right? They right. It could just be your thoughts, but there could be something real there that really needs help. And I'm so excited to have this conversation with you.
1: Yes, definitely. Yeah, I think, I think the wall is built up of various forms of a person's ego and your ego isn't yourself. Your ego is your thoughts yeah, pretty much exactly what you said. And so, yeah, tearing down those walls and getting past your ego is only possible if you get in tune and in touch with your true self. I
0: love that. All right. So we are going to jump right in. I mean, With all of what we just both said, you know, I love this topic about, you know, success doesn't fit in one mold. And I think Mm -hmm. we can go, we can really dive in here and really give these listeners some good stuff today. So let's just jump right into that.
1: Perfect. Let's do it.
0: Okay. So let's tell them about first this part of success and this one mold.
1: Yeah. So I was raised um, from, I mean, the youngest age that I can remember. I I remember specifically when I was about probably five or six years old, um, learning from one specific um, instance in my life is something that happened. And I'll um, refer back to that in a second. But that's the first time that I learned that in order to survive, I needed to be strong. And how strength was defined was by um, shutting down your emotions, so that you can function, supposedly, at a high level. Um, And that meant that if you had to shut down your emotions, that um, those same people that were asking me to be strong and cut off the emotion, We're asking me to replace those emotions with ego, um, and ego comes in all forms. So from uh, being the very, I used to do a classical ballet, um, as a valentine ballet dancer for a long, long, long time. Um, and that is where I learned self-discipline. Um, and that's where I learned to train myself. And, um, you know, they told me mask it with being perfect answer. Mask the emotion with being the best in school. Mask it with um, knowing that you never need a man, that you can do everything on your own. And while I believe that all of those are great goals to reach for, I believe that If you're taught the proper way to do it, then you're going to surpass those goals. Whereas if you do it only with your ego, you only try to reach those goals with your ego, then you're probably going to only reach those goals. And then those goals that were what was going to set you apart and make you different are actually what ends up becoming your prison and the walls that you end up later in life having to knock down. So, um, from a very young age, i learned, you know, and I got, I got really good at it. I was good at being strong at not discussing emotions at, um, thinking from a logical standpoint, rather than a emotional standpoint from, um, training and learning how to, I mean, I got so good at controlling my emotions that, uh, I could even block out physical pain. So I, even when I was dancing, I danced in Florida, California, New York, um, and I was dancing with um, all of these different professional companies. And when I was doing that, I mean, I knew that it was a very competitive field. And if I was going to do it, that my only option was to be the best. At it. So while I was extremely young, um, I mean, this is from the age of 12 to 16 years old, um, I was able to literally tell my mind to shut off my central nervous system when pain would hit um, and v- just persevere through. And what happened with that is I Um, When I was dancing in New York, and this injury probably started, honestly, about a year before I actually addressed it, Um, but it really came to a head in New York when I was uh, training the hardest and in the most expensive um, classes and dancing eight hours a day and Um, I got a, what would have been a super minor injury in my ankle, Um, typical ballet injury. I tore my FHL ligament, which is the ligament that extends from your big toe and then goes all the way up to um, the other side of your knee. And the ligament, um, it, it actually runs right in between two bones. So basically I tore it vertically, right? So it was opening up almost as like butterflying, like you would butterfly a steak, right? But it was very small tear at first. It could have been worked through even probably without surgery, just with um, just with uh, PT and the correct exercises and properly nourishing my body. But because I had been taught to shut down any sort of feeling and pain is a very severe feeling. Um, rather than addressing it, I actually ignored it um, and blocked it out even more so than ignore. I, I mentally, physically blocked the pain. Um, so my body would react, I would know that I was in pain, it would make me nauseous, sometimes even, you know, to the point of Uh, vomiting like during practice and during training but my mind I never let my mind go there so um, that injury actually ended up ending my ballet days completely when I was in New York because by the time I got it treated it went from being about a two millimeter tear all the way to being um, almost a three inch vertical tear so my entire ligament was just butterflies open. Um, And that butterfly was getting larger and larger and larger so that my ligament wouldn't even pass through in between the two bones. Um, And my big toe was stuck straight. So I was unable to bend my big toe at all, which obviously you can understand makes walking incredibly hard. Um, I would just tape it up next to the toe beside it um for a point and then i'd hop in my point shoes and you know that would be that but it takes away your uh flexibility and your ankle i mean god's god's very good at building the body the way it needs to be and um injuries are definitely need to be addressed from the beginning so um at that point in time in my life, so I was in New York, I was dancing, I had all of these grandiose dreams about how I was going to be this, um, wonderful professional ballet dancer for the rest of my life. And when I'm 16 years old, you know, the rest of your life seems till about 25, 30 years old. And then you're like, Oh, well, who cares (laughs) at that point? Now that I'm 32, obviously I have a way different view of that. Um, so I, uh, Left, I did have surgery in New York, and then left the best uh, foot and ankle doctor in the world. Actually, the company doctor of American Ballet Theater and New York uh, Ballet, uh, New York City Ballet, uh, Doctor Hamilton. So he did my surgery and to, it, it, he repaired it perfectly. But at that point, there was. It, it, there's so much damage done. There's just no coming back from it. And like I said, it's super competitive. So you get an injury, you're out. It's just the way that that world works. Right. Um, so then I, um, returned him to Savannah, um, which is where I'm originally from. And I experienced my first real bout of depression um, to the extent where just pure hopelessness, no desire to get out of bed or do anything. Um, what got me through that, um, and that was that was highly embarrassing to me. I even tried to hide that that depression from my my own mom and and my parents. I was just I was humiliated. I felt like I had failed, um, not only myself but them. I had failed all of the other dancers that I grew up dancing with in Savannah. Um, And then the depression, I was like, this is just humiliating. And what got me through that um, was I did start therapy at that time. And then the therapist actually had me start journaling. And so journaling was something. um, And so this is when I was 16, 17 years old. Um, And journaling was something that was very, not on board for at first. So I even to the point um, was like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I don't, I don't see the point in it. Like what you want me to talk about my feelings and emotions. This is what I've been taught my whole life to not do. No. Um, so it was very resistant but I finally did start um, journaling and it opened up my mind um and it it gave me a new sense of confidence and of strength and i fell in love with writing and with the ability that i had to express everything i had expressed prior through my dancing in um a pen and paper and so that's you know what led me to go into writing Uh, originally i wanted to do creative writing and you know of course My my parents were like, I don't know if that's the most wise decision because you you know definitely are going to have to you know write a number one bestseller in order for that to be successful or end up writing you know for uh, a great TV network. Um, So rather than creative writing, I went into journalism. So yeah that's that's pretty much the journey from literally the youngest age I can you know have my first memories to the the first realization. um I remember I wrote my college paper uh, or my paper to get into college that was submitted with my applications um and I named it life's First Curveball, and that paper received so much attention um from the different colleges, I guess because I was so vulnerable. Um, And to be honest, when I was first submitting that paper, I was, it it didn't feel right. It didn't feel normal. It felt, let let me say this, it didn't not feel right. It felt scary. And being scared was something I was not used to. Um, But yeah, so I wrote that paper, Life's First Curveball, and that was really my first realization into um, the necessity of being vulnerable. Um, And of expressing emotion and how to actually get past um, adversities in life where um, blocking it out and ignoring it is not getting past anything. That's just pushing it down and it's going to come up 100% at some point in your life. It may come up one big, huge time or it may come up 10,000 tiny times, but everything you push down and ignore and block is going to come back up. So my pushing down everything for the first 17, 18 years of my life, then now there's 18 years of work that I had to go internally and do in order to find my true self. And, and yeah, so that was, that was tough, but it was worth it. That is a what a story.
0: So I just want to go back to, so the first time that you actually were diagnosed was Mm -hmm. when you were 16 or 17 then? I think I
1: was, yeah, 16 years old. Mm -hmm.
0: So did you, did you know that something wasn't right? Like did all the other years, did you feel off or did everything feel normal until you had this injury and then, and then all of this unfolded?
1: Yeah, no. Uh, So I thought and this goes back, I guess, to the accountability theme. I thought that it was everyone else. <laughs> I mean, I thought that, <laughs> you know, if if they were getting angry at me or if something wasn't working out, or I mean, anything that came up in my life, it was always, well, if they hadn't done this, then I wouldn't have responded that way. And even I remember the first counseling session I had, I was so good at convincing people that I had it all together, that I remember um, this is in hindsight and going back and reading those notes of some of my first counseling sessions, she even, my counselor even put the blame on uh, family circumstances and other family members, um, you know, my friends, things like that, like all of it was external. Um, And I was that good at convincing people that I even convinced a professional uh, therapist that it wasn't really me that had any struggles, that it was, um, you know, everything externally. So then I went and saw a different uh, counselor because my mom was like, I just feel like you're not getting that much out of it because everything was about, well, it's everyone else. It's not you with the first counselor i saw so i went to a different counselor um and then he he i, I he saw right through I, I don't know if i had lost my touch <laughs> or if i forgot to put my mask on that day when i walked into his office but he from the very beginning i mean his first uh, assessment of me was depression anxiety bipolar and it blew my mind because i remember Seeing those notes and being like, what? How, like, what a clock. Like, how, why would he think that about me? That's insane. I've only been like extremely strong and like, you know, told this is exactly how it is, you know, almost militant. And um yeah, he fell straight through that. And he's actually someone who I still to this day respect and admire. Since I've moved away from Savannah, I don't keep in touch anymore. But he and, um, his his spouse um, actually are, were good friends of mine that I would sit and have many conversations with after. And we would laugh about the change of who I was when I first walked into his office and then um, who I was when I ended counseling with him specifically, so.
0: That's amazing. And thank God you that he was put in your path, right? Good thing your mom didn't just buy all of that BS that was being said. <laughs> Because, right. you, it, yeah, it would have stopped right there. So that's really great that she did that. So mm-hmm. my other question is, was there other mental illness in your family? Was there is there other people that have been diagnosed
1: or were you like the first one and no one really knew? Yeah. So that is the question of my family or it should be. Um, so every woman in my family is the exact same way that I was taught to be with the exception of my mom. Um, But my aunt, my grandma and all of them, I love so much. And I do think that they are incredibly strong women. Um, But there wasn't really a lot of, um, you know, showing too much love. There wasn't too much um, attention that was given unless something really, um, Excellent was coming from you, right? Um, and there was a lot, a lot of anger um, abnormal amount, not just family fights here and there. I mean there was extreme anger and between each other, these are you know blood members that family members that are supposed to get past the anger and remember the love and instead, the anger diluted the entire energy field of the family as a whole and so all of these women even though they were successful they were strong they they were fighters um you know they were fighting against each other rather than fighting um to find who they really truly are, and be able to express that. And so I think their anger came from a sense of frustration, um, a sense of lack of control, because if you aren't in tune and connected to your true self, then you're constantly going to feel chaotic and out of control. And, you know, that's why a lot of people do end up being highly successful, hyper successful is because they are defining who they are with those successes. So no, it's something that I, I grew up, you know, being taught that. Um, and I say that to say, to answer your question, most of them did not go and see a psychiatrist. Um, most of them were never diagnosed. And if they were, it was very late in life that they were diagnosed. Um, with the exception of my mom, so my mom um was always kind of a rebel growing up. Um, she was the one who didn't do everything perfectly. Um, she didn't just fall in line like she was supposed to. Um so my family would describe her as rebellious, right? I describe her as probably the most wise because she Although she may have not known how to express her true self at the time in the best ways possible, she was in tune enough with herself to know I'm having these feelings and I will not suppress them and push them down. Um, And because of that, um, I think she gave me the strength and and I did try to hide my depression and my mental illness, even from my mom for a long time. I even went as far as to say to her, oh, it's just all in your head, which is something I was told always. It's all in your head, get over it. If you really wanna do something, you can do it. Just get through it, You know, figure it out. And looking back, I mean, I hate that that's how I acted towards her, but I, you know, even saw her as, I guess, weak, um, for a while because she admitted she had severe depression. She admitted that she had a actual chemical imbalance in her brain. And, um, you know, she would have these intense mood swings. And I don't know if she actually was ever diagnosed with, a personality disorder or bipolar disorder. Um, and so I don't want to speak from a clinical standpoint, but, um, she was exhibiting symptoms of at least something going on a little more than depression. So, um, she, she put in the work though. Uh, she went to therapy. She, um, and a lot, I remember she was always like going to like a therapist in a counseling session. Um, and she put in the work to, understand herself better and to understand why she was reacting in such extremes, whether that be extreme sadness, extreme anger, or whatever it was. Um, and then I didn't realize it at the time, but that's actually what gave me the strength through the start, the seed that was planted to start coming out and saying, this isn't something to be ashamed of. This is something that many, many, many people deal with. And whether they wear it on their shoulder or um, they completely hide it up and and hide it inside and bundle it up, um, you know, many of us do suffer from it. And so she gave me the, the strength to say, I'm not ashamed of this, this is part of me. And that's okay too, because I can absolutely be incredibly successful I can even be more successful if I admit that I have these issues and work through them and continue growth within myself. So I'll be forever grateful for what at the time I thought was weakness of hers ending up being the true strength that I needed to become the person that I'm continuing to become today.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. And you know, the truth (laughs) is it's because of her struggle that she wasn't buying all of the diagnosis in the first place that that explains everything because you were doing exactly what she was not doing. Right. It was all the things that she refused to do to suppress it and hide it and all of that. So she knew the signs and she knew exactly and she wasn't going to take any no's for any answers and God bless her. That's amazing. Yeah. That. Yeah. What a mom to be able right. to just, you know, to really fight through, like, here's a doctor saying this and she's saying, oh no, we're going somewhere else. Right. Yeah. That what an advocate for your health. Uh, Yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: That is amazing. And I know, you know, in the times that we're in now, you know, as we're coming somewhat coming out of this pandemic, that many people are being tested and tried and, you know, challenged. And so what would you say, I mean, now that we've just unfolded all of this if there are listeners out there that are like I identify with this right this resembles me um you know whether it's the you know making the excuses blaming everyone else not having accountability what would you say is the best thing to do Uh, just get an appointment with the doctor like what you know what would you say the best way to handle this is at this point
1: yeah I would say even before um, an appointment with a therapist, I would say um, to take some time, um, and it's different for everyone, but I would say at least a week um, and do a lot of self exploration, it's going to be incredibly uncomfortable, it's going to lead to the highest of highs where you feel incredibly hopeful because you've discovered things, it's gonna lead to incredible lows where um, you know memories that you've suppressed or feelings that you've suppressed are now coming up and you're realizing either A, you dealt with it the wrong way, you didn't deal with it at all, B, or C, um, you have completely ignored it. Um, And you didn't even realize it was there until now. So it's going to be incredibly hard. But what I found is if you go directly, you know, to a therapist or psychiatrist um, without doing your own self-exploration, then you are basically just telling them a lie because you don't actually really know what you were dealing with inside until you sit in the pain and you sit with yourself and you know, jot down, I feel like this, when this thought came up um, and it's going to save you, you know, two months of work that the therapist is going to have to do with you, um, you know, in hour long sessions, trying to get through to the, root of the problem. The other huge thing that happened that helped me was getting serious about my wellness journey and my health journey. So your body is an absolutely incredible machine, <laughs> That God has made. However, um, humans are notoriously great at doing everything possible to make that machine not function at the highest ability possible. Um, and what you put in your body from the food that you eat to the, and when I say put in your body, I don't just mean physically, but um into your mind as well. But the food you eat, the amount of water you Um, taken on a daily basis, um, whether you are self medicating with um, drugs or alcohol, or even just as simple as the environment, the people around you, you know, you need to interview and take, take a serious look at everyone in your life. And it'll make you realize a few things. It'll make you realize that that's who you are, because you've attracted those types of people into your life. Um, Or if it's like family, and you feel like that's what I was born into, it is what it is. Um, It doesn't matter. Energy is so strong. It's the strongest force on this earth, it will pull you towards people that reflect your inner energy um, and so you know the environment also that you live in that you work in that you socialize in um all of that directly affects your mental health and your physical health um, even from the amount of sleep that you're allowing your body to get um, and I used to, you know, going back to to what you said earlier about success doesn't fit into a one mold. Um, I thought that success was, if you were successful, male or female, you work 17 to 20 hours a day. Um, You function like a machine rather than a human. Um, It's business. It's not personal. Well, that's absolutely false because business is done by people. People buy from people, not from other businesses. Um, and while you need to separate your emotions, absolutely, out of a lot of business transactions, business is always personal because everything in your life has to do with you as a person. So, um, you know, being able, so I thought that not sleeping, sleeping three to four hours, taking on saying yes to every single um, project that came at me. And then because of that, I ended up actually um, taking on way more than I physically and mentally could handle for an extended period of time. I mean, I did it for about 10 months. And then I shut down, I burnt out, I shut down my mind, my body, my psyche, everything was in shambles. And all I could feel constantly was chaos. I wouldn't remember to eat. um, I wouldn't remember to drink water. Uh, going to sleep was hard for me. Waking up at the same time was also really hard for me. There was just, there was no regularity. There was no balance in my life. Um, And I thought that that's what success was, that you worked, 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 you hustled, you did everything. And the people that truly made it in life were the ones who could do everything. Um, And that's such a thought idea. And it's a false idea that I hope, and I do think that we're on our way to break that, that um, awful cycle of um, trying to create these young professionals um, and create them as if they were a machine or a robot rather than a human being. And, you know, I'm reading this book right now, it's called Essentialism. And It's amazing because it basically is the power of less. um, And it basically shows how success actually comes from not putting 5% of energy into um, a million different things, but picking one or two or two or three max things that answer your why. Why are you doing this? Why are you passionate about this? Why does this fulfill you inside? Why does the world need this? Which should be behind um, every business. You should have your why. But um it's it's basically about picking the one or two things that you're really good at um and then putting all of your energy into that. Um, because and you need to just as um, you know, just as your COO is an asset just as your front desk coordinator is an asset, your clinician or whomever you have on your team and your business, yourself, you also are an asset and you also have to prioritize yourself. So you have to leave enough energy to prioritize yourself and to fuel yourself so that then you can show up in the uh, capacity that you need to show up In order for your business to succeed. Otherwise, you can do the body is incredible, you can sleep on three or four hours of sleep for, you know, for me, it was for 10 months, and you can still go out on the weekends and, um, you know, try to network and socialize and then still work on Saturdays and Sundays and basically just never sit down and have one conversation with yourself for a long time. Um, but it's not sustainable. You can only do that for a certain amount of time and then it will eventually, um, get the best of you. You will burn out. Um, and it's just, it's not, it's not effective, right? You're most effective when you are, um when you have had seven or eight hours of sleep, you know there's actual science and studies um you know Harvard review studies that show that the brain and the different neurons in your brain actually recharge and re-energize so that they can function at a much higher uh capacity for an even longer extent of time um when you have had, I, I believe it was like seven to eight hours of sleep, right? Yeah. And, and you have to think of this. So stress and, you know, they say that um, that gratitude and um, and sadness can't exist in the same place or gratitude and something else. I can't remember some negative emotion, but it's the same. It's the same um, idea. So stress and creativity cannot exist in the same mind, right? So in the same thought, let me say that. So, um, you know, if you're incredibly stressed out all of the time, you are stifling your ability to create. And you need creation to separate yourself and your business um, from all of the other hundreds of businesses, thousands, millions that are doing the same thing as you. And without giving yourself that freedom and that um, pri- without prioritizing yourself and giving yourself that freedom to be creative, then you are really just, you know, shooting your own self in the foot. It's, it's yeah. not, you know, people pleasing and taking on all of these different projects and constantly running around like a chicken with your head cut off is not something that is going to lead to your happiness. You're going to get all of the jobs Done if you get them all done and uh, you know half or quarter of the um, productivity that you could have um, or to the the level of productivity that you could have, it's then if you would have just chosen one or two. So learning to say, no, I cannot do that. No, we need to hire someone for that position. No, this is not something I need to prioritize right now is actually you're going to be thanked for that more in the future. You're going to thank yourself. You're going to be thanked by your team more in the future for that, because then you actually are giving them um, work and you're giving them projects and you're giving them finishes and you're giving them ideas and you're giving them a business that they will appreciate and respect so much more than just saying, I'm a robot. I can do 25,000 things this week. Just let me handle it. It's just uh. not possible.
0: That is such good advice, too. Oh my gosh! Well, let's do this. Let's tell our listeners. We want to talk a little bit about the med spa, right? So let's tell them what is it that you do, because I feel like this just flows with how you're giving all these yes. tips about like getting yourself together and living your best healthy life with all of these elements of sleep and you know water and good food and good thoughts and good energy. So right, let's yeah, let's tell them um, quickly, and then we're going to jump into the other part but let's tell them about the med spa and the services that you offer to support them in these areas
1: yes so our business was created out of the uh the idea that um we want to help people in their wellness journey and in their self journey and in their confidence journey and so um You know, our business model is unique in that um, we have a wellness clinic and we have a aesthetics med spa. So we combine the two because we think that the two go hand in hand. And so our slogan is your health from the inside out. And what that means is um, helping a person to gain confidence and become happier and giving them the tools that they need to continue to, treatment on their own after um, we've finished treatment with them um, is vital and is, you know, really the true end goal. And so um, we do everything from nutrition coaching to peptide therapy, um, which if you haven't heard of peptides, uh, your listeners definitely go and do some research into peptides. They're amazing. I'm a huge advocate. Um, From testosterone or hormone replacement therapy. Um, so essentially just anything lifestyle wellness. And then we also do as, um, all of the aesthetics portion as well. So we have body contouring. We, of course, have the and Botox. We have laser facials, resurfacing of the skin, um, things like that. And what I always say is the aesthetics portion is basically the cherry on top to the wellness portion, because um, we believe that, you know, you need to start on the inside and really get your gut health right, make sure you're on the right wellness supplements, the right peptide regimen, putting the right food in your body. And then from there, you'll already see just clarity mentally, you'll see a, a brighter glow in your skin, you know, all of the the little things that being healthy and well will do for you. But then the cherry on top is just giving you that little boost that gives you the extra confidence that you need to really, um, you know, buckle up and uh, speed straight forward ahead into your journey of self confidence and self awareness and just loving yourself. Um, so yeah, we we do everything from body contouring. Um, the body contouring I keep I brought that up a couple of times now. I'm obsessed with it. I love it. Um, we use this machine um, by a company called Meteor, or two different ones, um, and one of them is a muscle toning machine. The other one is a uh, radio frequency so skin tightening. Thermal fat elimination that permanently reduces or permanently um, rids the body of fat cells. So I just feel so fulfilled when I see someone come in and, you know, they've done the internal work and now they just need that little, um, extra help on the outside. And we can put them on, um, in a body contouring package or treatment plan and, you know, do a little bit of the fat reduction, um, and then also follow it up with a super effective, um, muscle toning treatment or series of treatments that we have and just seeing them and the confidence that they gain just from that, um, is, is really like what reminds me the why behind the business, why we do what we do. Um, or even, you know, the tiniest thing, like, um, you know, someone comes in and they've always, um, you know not love everything about their face let's say they love or they're okay with they're fine with it they have no like lack of confidence but their lips are the one thing they're like man if they just looked like this then this wouldn't be a constant negative thought that kept coming up every day in my life every time I looked in the mirror so We just simply quick fix, do a quick lip filler, maybe a lip filler and lip flip. Um, And then no longer do they have that negative thought constantly coming up in their mind every day, which gives space for other positive, amazing thoughts and just builds their confidence. So yeah, we love the work we do in our our med spine, our wellness clinic balance. I love it.
0: Yeah, and Mm -hmm. I understand you do telehealth too. So even if the people don't live in Georgia, right? That they can still work with you. So how does that work?
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, so, you know, with it being a world pandemic and a lot of um, business models going from an in-person um Point of contact to a telehealth or just Zoom calls. However, we realized that we definitely needed to adjust and pivot. Um, and so we started doing um, telemedicine. And we do that for our wellness portion of our clinic. Um, so they are actually, to make it easy, we put a wellness quiz on our website. Um, and it's just a quick five, I think it's five or six question quiz. Um, it also collects uh, the patient's demographics as well. And then from there and from those answers, um, Either our wellness director um, or one of our wellness consultants will or clinicians will actually reach out and do a more thorough consultation with that person. And then, um, you know, it can be the tiniest thing from getting the person on the right wellness supplement um, from a true great pharmacy and not just, you know, an over the counter, you know. B12 serum or something like that, that you see, but like a true wellness supplement that actually addresses the actual needs of that person's chemical makeup or putting them on a peptide regimen. I mean, the results are insane with that. They're just so positive. I love them. Um, so all of that can be done through telemedicine. Um, so yeah, I would say, you know, if any of your listeners are interested, um, And don't know where to start. I think where you want to start is on the inside. Um, Go to our website, um, just www.balanceaesthetics, A-E-S-T-H-E-T-I-C-S, medspa.com. And under the about us tab, you'll see wellness Quiz fill that out really quickly. Um, someone from our clinic will contact you and then that'll, you know, at the very least, you know, take our advice or, um, you know, mull over it a little bit and, um, you know, think of how you want to utilize the information we give you. Um, the goal is to just get you started. It's just a push to get you started. And we can though, you know, um, Put you on a peptide regiment, a wellness supplement regiment, nutraceutical regiment, all of that through, um, just a simple consultation. So. Yeah. Amazing. Start there. Oh my gosh.
0: (laughs) This has been so great. And thank you so much for sharing so much and being just so authentic in your own personal experience, your family, you know, your business, all the things. This is what we're all about here at the She's Invincible podcast. And this is where we're able to help others, right? We're able to have an impact and give them hope. We're giving them hope that if they're struggling or suffering from any of these things that they can look at you and say, if Rochelle can do it, I can do it. I can figure this out and I can live my best life too. And now a word from our sponsor, Christine Trumbull, founder of Coaching the Climb, understands the challenges of building a successful business. She's faced many of those challenges herself and helped hundreds of clients build successful businesses. With the launch of her new podcast, The Climb with Christine, you will hear the same advice she gives her clients, as well as conversations with experts in a variety of topics, including business, health, relaxation, mindset, kids, and fashion. Check it out on iTunes, The Climb with Christine, and be sure to subscribe, download, and give her a rating and review. Now, you know, on the She's Invincible podcast, we not only (laughs) promise that we're going to feature these fierce female entrepreneurs like yourself, but we're going to share the good, the bad and the ugly. And I know. Wow. Like I was thinking like we've already done that, but we're not finished yet. So we're (laughs) going to go through uh, right now and we're going to share real quick um, a a story from each category that we can give to our listeners, not for hope anymore. My gosh, you've given them so much hope. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but there might be somebody out there that just needs to hear a little bit more from you. So let's do this. Let's tell (laughs) our listeners a story about the good part of your journey.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, the good, so I, I have a couple, but I'll be quick. Um, the good from a business aspect was definitely um, our grand opening. So seeing every idea from the flooring to the walls, to the, yeah, paint on the walls, to the actual decor up, and then seeing it packed with all of the support. Um, You know, family, friends, friends of friends and just everyone being there and really supporting us in a time where it was really hard to open a business being during a world pandemic with COVID um, was just such a highlight. of my entire journey in life, but especially my business journey. So I would say that that's definitely one of my good. The second good um, is going to be the self realization um, that I have come to, and the from that self realization, the ability to express uh, my vulnerabilities and what I used to be ashamed of in a open way, and use those as actual um, building blocks to a better, happier version of myself so that I I feel that it is my duty to serve others and that I was put on this earth to help others and to serve others. And I absolutely try to do that um, with our business. But, um, you know, the self-realization that I've had um, by taking the time to realize, to prioritize myself, um, I feel is, a good, not not just a good, but a great, because that in turn is going to help, um, just excel all areas of my life and um help all people in the best way possible. Um, so yeah, I, I think the self-realization equaling self-love. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's awesome.
0: And, and in then, the bad, tell us yeah. something about the bad <laughs>
1: part of the journey. Absolutely. Um. So every bad, you know, obviously it's a a learning opportunity. Um, So I think a lot of times we get stuck in the door closing and we are unable to push open the new door that um, God has put right in front of us. That is actually fairly light (laughs) because we just get so stuck behind door number one, where we thought that that was the plan when anything bad comes, but, you know, life is, is not, um, planned. It can't be planned out by ourselves. And, um, there are going to be all sorts of things that are thrown at you. There are going to be all sorts of different directions that you take. Um, and I think that my bad is definitely going to be the resentment that I built up inside. Um, Just for, you know, the people I worked closest with, so my business partners, even like in aesthetics and wellness, um, you know, I was taking on a ton of different responsibilities and um, people became dependent on me and expected me to fulfill those needs. And rather than, you know, having the self-awareness to say, I'm not going to be able to do all of this well, but here's what I can do well. Um, I just took it on and did all of it semi well, right? And so, um, you know, the, the resentment that I felt, which actually, you know, in turn ended up being a good thing because I, you know, took some time, Um, you know, I slept for 12 to 14 hours for seven days straight, and um, I reset myself. So it actually led to something good. But that resentment, which, you know, led, which was part of the burnout phase, um, actually had nothing to do with my partners at all. Um, you know, they're both amazing men who I highly respect um, from a personal and a business standpoint. And, you know, it, it wasn't them, it was, you know, and I should have, you know, even taken it as a compliment, like they know I can do this. So they're giving me, you know, this task or, um, you know, I even would put, you know, a lot, a lot of these demands on myself and, uh, without even realizing really I was doing it and then just over promising all of this. Um, so the bad was definitely the negative feelings and the resentment that I had. Um, but the good that came out of that was realizing the resentment actually was just a mirror into myself. It had nothing to do with my business partners who are absolutely amazing. It was just, I needed to take a break. So yeah, um, that sure. was the bad though, because that was something that was pretty, you know, it, it could have been a, a pretty shameful time for me. Had I not realized that um, the resentment wasn't due to, someone else, again, accountability, but it was due to the pressures I was putting on myself. Yeah,
0: that happens a lot too, especially during a pandemic. So I can just imagine. So how about ugly? Let's go ugly. Tell them everything.
1: (laughs) Right. Ugly. Probably not handling um, the situation um, of myself needing to take a step, step back and take care of myself, um, in the way that would have been most effective in a way that would have been the most loving. and um, I always want to do everything out of love and, um, my ugly would be, so the bad would be the resentment feeling. The ugly would be my response to that resentment. Um, and you know, I, I could have handled it in a better manner. And that rather than just getting angry, you know, and anger isn't a primary emotion, right? It's a secondary emotion. So it's stemming from all sorts of other things that are actually going on. Um, but had I taken a step back, or even just expressed, you know, when I started to feel super overwhelmed, rather than just saying like, yeah, no, I'll handle it, I'll handle it, I'll handle it. Um, rather than doing that. And if I just had communicated, listen, this is how I'm feeling in a mature professional way, rather than being so bogged down with all of these feelings and resentment and chaotic stress that was um, inside of me and inside of my mind, um, then I would have responded in a lot prettier way than I did. So, you know, it it was definitely a learning experience because I'm learning now that before you react, you need to um, process, what is going on, Um, you know, externally, you know, of course, what how everyone else is responding to you, or how other people are acting, um, is somewhat of a reflection, uh, or definitely a reflection of yourself. But also, um, you need to just take some time before you react. And sometimes, you know, the wisest people in the world are usually the ones that say the least. And my ugly has always been that, as you could probably see now, and I guess this is a good and a bad, but uh, I talk and I talk and I just want to teach and I want to explain and I want to be heard so that I can help people. And it frustrates me when I'm not heard because I feel like I'm not able to help. Um, And most of the wisest people in the world, you know, are known for listening 75% of the time, and only actually talking about 25% of the time. Um, So I think that, you know, the ugly would be me, just my reaction, my over talking and, you know, speaking out of ego and, Speaking from emotion, um, which, you know, expressing your emotion is not bad. I don't, I don't want to muddy those words. Um, but speaking from out of, let's say, like, reactional um, emotion rather than a processed emotion um, would be my ugly. But it's something that I've learned from, hopefully, um, and, and definitely that I'm growing from. So, yeah. That's my good, my bad, and my ugly. I love it.
0: See that? And everyone gets to have a good, a bad, and the ugly and still have success, right? Because success doesn't fit into one mold. Just like you said, (laughs) I love it. It has been so great having you. Thanks for being with us. Thank you so much for being invincible. Oh my gosh, you are giving the world permission to face whatever it is that is not good with their whether it's with their soul or their body or whatever. And you're just giving them permission today to address that face forward and get on with their best life. And I love that you're doing that. I love everything that you stand for. I can't wait to check out your med spa. I might just have to take a road trip and come Hi, see you. you. Oh come my gosh. I yeah. would
1: love to have you. And I you. would love to come. Yeah. And thank you so much for, you know, um, giving me a platform to really share um, all of the the internal struggles and the beautiful um, light that has come from it. And, you know, the little business tidbits. I really appreciate it, Cammy.
0: It's amazing. And I know our listeners are going to get so much from this today. And just to to our listeners, I don't know where you are in your life or your business, but if you're face down on the ground right now, get back up, girl, get back up. You can do it. Hey, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. If you were inspired or learned something new, please subscribe to the podcast. Give us a review and share us with your friends. For more information about me and how I can support you, please stop on over to my website at camylehman.com and book a free call with me. I'd love to meet you and learn more about how I can support you.